Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, back here on the Ohioan, i um, got Craig with me. And uh, Craig, you know, we've been upfront with our uh, listeners about this. We're, we're trying to tape um, these segments probably a day or two in advance. Uh, we want to make sure you get your podcast right away. Um, podcast is up online at midnight, and we reach release segments every hour from 1, 2, and 3. So because of that, we're kind of like our, our company's early deadlines. We try to get the our stories or segments in a little bit early. So we definitely were, are aware of what happened in um, Minnesota and Columbus uh, with some police actions. We wanted to take a day because yesterday when we taped our uh, last segment, really there wasn't a lot known, especially in the incident that happened in Columbus. Uh, we heard a little bit more yesterday. So, uh, Craig, first of all, I mean, the Chauvin, I don't know. I mean, I guess how I basically feel about it. And we're apolitical for one, and two, we're not trial experts. I mean, Craig covers court cases. I've covered court in the past. We know enough to cover it, but I don't expect heavy, heavy analysis because we're not court people. If we were, we'd be lawyers. We wouldn't be journalists. But to start out, Craig, I mean, I kind of looked at that Chauvin thing where, yeah, it it seemed pretty clear-cut since it was on video. I mean, I'm sure there were some arguments that the defense could have. Maybe there's some legalities the defense could use. But just the whole thing appeared pretty clear-cut based on the video that we saw and we know. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is one of those cases where a lot of people really believe that that, you know, video that was taken by the bystander really helped solidify the case because, it, you know, at a certain point, you know, that case could have turned out to be a, you know, a person died in police custody, but it was because of a health, you know, issue. Now, I know that the coroner's report was probably also, you know, a, another piece of damning evidence. But I think really the, the thing that really stood out was the fact that a bystander there took video and that was admitted into evidence. And that really probably solidified the prosecution's case here because, you know, when you have that direct evidence to, to show that, you know, this person's pleading for their life and this officer is on top of them, it probably really solidified that case to where there was really very little doubt. And I think when you look at a multiple week trial with 10 hours worth of deliberations, it really was pretty clear cut, I think, to the jury because, you know, I've, I've seen times where deliberation takes minutes. I've seen times where de- deliberation takes days or weeks, you know, and in this case, 10 hours. 
did not it, it may not it may seem like a lot of time to some people but really when you when you're deliberating 10 hours after hearing all that evidence getting all the testimony from all the people that testified both on you know the prosecution side and the defense side it seemed clear cut based on the way i saw it from the perspective of the jury that they they felt like a guilty verdict was the only verdict you know that was uh, reasonable after hearing everything that was involved in the case yeah and and i think and boy, I don't remember. Um, there have been a lot of good stories by USA Today and elsewhere talking about like a high school student was able to capture that video. And that video, I'm assuming, was used in court, but really helped the nation understand what was happening. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I don't know. Was there body cam footage available? Yeah, yeah, there was body cam video okay. that was that was submitted. There were. I didn't watch every second of the trial, but right. I tried to watch as much as I as much as I could. Obviously, it was you know going on during work purposes, but you know it's something you had in the background going on. But you know you had some body cam video, you had some body cam screen cap images of what you know maybe where knee placement was from Derek Chauvin on top of George Floyd. Um, you know you had quite a different you know different perspectives of different people's body cams that were in you know, involved with that, not just, you know, Derek Chauvin's, you know, viewing angle. So you got a, a robust amount of video, but I think, like I said, you know, the damning evidence I think came from the bystander video because it was pretty clear what was happening as far as, you know, the man pleading for his life, you know, whether you want to say he was resisting or not is in the eye of the beholder, I guess, but from my perspective, it didn't look like at a certain point he was really resisting anymore. And then, of course, you know, unfortunately, he, he died, you know, in that position. And, you know, I think one of the one of the big things is, you know, we kept seeing the video, too, during the trial. And I think the more that that video was played, it probably only solidified the case. And yet, that was even when the defense team was also um playing that video over and over again, you know, to determine maybe what he had said at a certain point, what George Floyd had said at a certain point while talking to police or what he may have may or may not have had in his mouth or something at the time. Um, so that video kept being played. And I think a lot of it, you know, was maybe too much from the defense because that just continued to kind of reiterate the point of this man was pleading for his life moments before he died. And I think it only probably strengthened the prosecution's case as that video kept being played. And we'll talk about this in a second, because here in Ohio, uh, there was a unfortunate shooting of a um, 16 year old, um, a person of color. Um, I will say before we get there, body cameras, let's use them. And I know there's a cost to it. And I know not all police departments are flush of cash, probably very few police departments are flush, flush of cash, but what a great tool. And it's not for, anti-police crowd or pro-police crowd it's control for everybody i tell you craig if i'm a police officer right now i i, I want to buy a camera because you know there's a lot of you know you talk about complaints you talk about everything else if i got that body cam on one it should motivate me to behave better secondly though it provides protection because if i'm handling a police call and things go south and somebody blames me i could say look got the body cam here i did what i needed to do um, and so right. I, I, so I think it's a good, and I think what frustrated me so much in a couple of the other police shootings, which, which is ridiculous that we're talking about several police shootings in Columbus in one year, 
right. was there wasn't body cam footage available. And I know there's cost concerns and everything else, but but let's prioritize it. I mean, we look at each, each of our budgets. I, I'm sure if we displayed our budget, we'd say, oh, we don't have enough money for this. Well, if we prioritize enough, we should have money for whatever that might be in our budget. Same thing with police departments. I know police departments don't have money, but in my opinion, high up on the prior list should be body cam because it protects themselves but it helps root out bad policing whenever it would happen. So, um, you know, we need more of that. And I, I think that was my frustration because the last time we had someone get shot, there wasn't body cam footage available. They didn't turn it on, which to me is a humongous red flag. Right, yeah. And, I mean, you know, up in my coverage area for Sandusky County, that's one of the big selling points as to why – our sheriff's office a few years ago went to body cameras because they want to have, they want to have that evidence They you know, because, you know, there's been times where police have been accused of something, or maybe there, you know, been times where an officer has been alleged to have, you know, treated someone the wrong way or whatever it may be. And, you know, our sheriff in this area has said, I want the body cam video for that because I can go to the camera and see right then and there what happened. And, you know, if something bad happened, then they can address it. If something that was alleged to have happened didn't really happen, then they can address that too and say, look, you can exonerate someone or not exonerate someone within minutes of watching that body cam video. Um, you know, we had an incident in our in Sadusky County Jail where there was a scuffle between a, a, an inmate coming in versus a corrections deputy who was taking him to booking, and there was an area where there just wasn't camera access and unfortunately for you know for that situation no one really knew exactly what was going on now they had some some camera footage from body cams from a deputy and they also had some inmates testify as to what happened and it did sort of exonerate you know the deputy but the sheriff was saying had there been a, a camera you know just a security surveillance camera there they could have exonerated the deputy probably within minutes but instead they end up essentially having to recommend, you know, more training for that, you know, corrections deputy on how to handle, you know, a situation where maybe someone's being unruly or maybe someone is dead weighting their legs or things like that, just to ensure that, you know, something like that doesn't happen because the inmate, you know, ended up with a split, you know, like a split lip or whatever. And, you know, it, a camera can, you know, can hurt you and it can help you. I think it hurt, probably hurt Derek Chauvin, but it could help, people that maybe and it could be the case for the columbus incident that we had where maybe this dep this deputy or this officer is exonerated because in the video you can see that he shoots this this girl who appears to be attacking a, another person and right. that's going to be the argument is you know well should she have been fatally shot we don't you know that's up to the columbus police to policy because i'm not sure what their policy right. is but you know it, it it's it's not a surprise that Columbus police released that body cam video within 24 hours of the incident because maybe they feel like in this case the shooting was justified, albeit tragic that it was a 16-year-old girl that was shot dead. Well, and let's set that up real quick because maybe not everybody is aware or knows about what's happening. Um, very coincidental. I mean, I don't think anything to do with the timing of the Chauvin verdict. But about the same time as the Chauvin verdict, uh, there was a incident call in Columbus, and as Craig said, uh, police got there. It sounded like a 
very uh, a fight between a couple of high school girls uh, that was going on. Uh, police got there. They're trying to stop the fight. Um, and, and this is from police video, you know, body cam video. Uh, props to police for having body cam video because it would be a whole different conversation if they didn't turn that on. Uh, but, you know, they got there. Um, they were trying to break it up. It appeared that a girl... I mean, it looked like a knife from all indications, and she was in a swinging motion. Uh, so they shot the girl, and she died. Um, it was interesting because on the video, adults were there going, what? You know, you're shooting a your girl. And the police says, well, hey, she was trying to stab somebody. And it was interesting. I watched the press conference yesterday, and before we get there, we're taping this on Thursday morning. Our, our plan is to release this Friday morning. Understand that this could be different. It's a developing situation. So we want to be careful on how we talk about this because right. there may be things that break today that we don't know. Right. Um, but I got I got to tell you, Craig, I, Tuesday night I was upset. Um, I've adopted a girl. I've got a boy from the foster care system. So it hit home. And honestly, Craig, I've been doing this business for – I'm 46. She's 25 years. This, I mean, I feel really old for saying this. I've been in the business for 25 years, and I took a couple years off for marketing, but I've been very active in journalism the whole time. Probably the most shook I ever got from the story. Um, you know, I, we've covered stuff. We've seen awful things like 9-11 and everything. Not that I didn't care, but it didn't affect me as personally. And, right. I'm, and I, that's one of the reasons why we didn't talk about it yesterday, because, I mean, I would have been angry. Um, after watching the press conference and everything, I, I can understand what police did. I can understand how they're following that policy. Now, let's let the facts come out before we determine if it's justified, if it's not. I understand that. Right. That said, what bothers me just in general, maybe for, from my faith just or even for me as a human being, how can we make more circumstances where lethal force doesn't have to be used? Okay. Uh, check out the and I'll try to put the press conference with the uh, link for our podcast. They did kind of explain why they didn't use a taser. They explained why policy goes more for the chest. But there's some questions saying, "Well, why didn't you shoot in her leg?" You know, where yeah, it injures her where it stops it. There was some logical reasoning. Oh, well, I'll put it this way: I don't know if I agree with or not. I don't know. It's way too early in the case. I'm not going to sit here and say. They're innocent, they're guilty. I, I don't know. Let justice play out. We're journalists. We're supposed to write about. We're not supposed to sit here and condemn or say people are innocent. I understand where they were coming from. And my wife and I were talking about this, but she was upset. She's in the same boat as I am as parents of, of kids. And I said, you know, my perception is maybe they were following policy. My initial reaction. Right. But overall... I don't know if our current system's working. So if they're following policy, they're innocent because they're following policy. But is how we're doing it work? And that's the grandiose question. And honestly, Craig, we could sit here and talk for eight hours about probably not having an answer. I think that's the one thing I want to track. Right. They were saying some good things in the press conference, not saying, oh, these are bad kids or anything. They were just saying, we want to understand what happened. How do we offer better solutions. Now, again, Columbus is a huge city. You're not going to have every kid come in front of you and say, hey, don't fight, don't carry around knives or whatever. 
But I kind of liked what they're saying. Maybe it was because of pressure, because there have been demonstrations out here for the past couple of days. And maybe they're saying, hey, we got to say something or, or the town's going to blow up. Yeah. But I'm hoping they take their actions and say, and, and it goes back to police reform. I don't think anybody logically is saying, define every police department, put the police out of business. I mean, I know people argue about that, but maybe a better response is saying, hey, you still have to police, but how do we get to, and get to the root of some of these problems other than wait until the crisis call comes, you get there and you say, well, how should I do it? So, again, we're way too early. I don't want to judge it either way. I like the conversation. I hope it wasn't just happening because of fears of, you know, protests and, you know, extreme protests and everything else. So, eh, that's where I'm at. Right. Well, you know, a couple thoughts. I know some people might think, well, why not just shoot someone in the leg and, and that will deter the the suspect or whoever it may be from from committing a crime or it'll 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 suffice in terms of you know disabling someone from doing whatever they may be doing that causes you to shoot them. That's not I mean that's from when I talk to police, it's easier said than done as far as, oh well just shoot them in the arm if they're holding something in their arm, right? Like it's a gun or a knife or whatever a weapon of some kind. They're well, you got to remember too, police are taught when they fire their weapon, they're they're taught to fire it until the threat is done, which means you don't shoot someone in the arm to disable their arm from stabbing, you don't shoot their leg so they can't, you know, run towards you. They're they're taught to shoot to kill. And and whether or not that's what they should be taught is is up to is 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 your opinion on that. But that's how they're taught. They're taught to eliminate the threat, not to disable the threat or hope that if they hit the arm that someone's not going to try to stab you with the other arm or shoot you with the other arm or attack you with their other arm or their, you know, whatever it may be. So I think that's that's always a big debate. And, and again, everybody has their own opinion on this. Um, and I can understand when police tell me, well, we're, we're not, you know, that's a movie thing. You know, you, you see Tom Cruise fire off around and perfectly hit someone in the arm so they can't use their arm anymore. That's a movie thing. Not that police aren't skilled enough to be able to take out someone's arm. It's just, if you do that, you're not guaranteed to eliminate the threat. And that's what their training and their job has essentially told them to do since they've been in the police academy is when you fire your weapon, you're firing it because you need to eliminate the threat. You need to stop the threat completely, not hope that you prevent it by shooting them in the arm or leg and then they can't do anything else because we've we've seen it before that you can get shot in the arm or whatever and you can still fire off rounds or you can still attack or whatever it may be. So that's one of the things too. And that's that's always an easy argument. I understand that question from from a person that is sitting out there thinking, why not why do we have to fatally shoot everybody, you know? Right. And I'm not saying we need to fatally shoot everybody, but in, when the time comes to fire your weapon, police officers aren't taught, well, you know, draw your gun and then aim for the leg or aim for the arm. That's just not how it is. Well, so it, it's, a, it's a big yeah. issue, but that's the way it is. That's how they, that's how they train. Well, and I think about this too. It may come out where, hey, they did what they were told to do. And, right. I mean, that's what you got to do. I mean, it stinks. I mean, I'm sure it's it's got to be difficult to go home. I mean, police officers aren't monsters. They're humans like all of us are. 
Yeah. I'm sure it's tough for them. I, I guess I'm kind of wondering, like I said before, even if they follow policy, I think the status quo isn't working. And my hope is, sure. and, you know, there was a, um, in the House, there's some people really trying to advance the police reform bill and everything. Well, I want that conversation to continue, not just until the headlines die down. Let's continue the conversation. Right. It's like the election. And I know it's a weird segue, but, you know, the election, uh, you know, people support President Trump says, oh, it's rigged. It's rigged. Well, if it's rigged, if you really believe it's rigged, don't just yell about as you're hoping them to overturn the results. Why don't you try to do something about it now in April? You know what I mean? And sit there and say, hey, if there's a problem, let's continue to look at it. So we're okay two years from now. I haven't heard that conversation. Likewise, with the policing, oftentimes, you know, hey, we're saying the right things in press conferences. You know, Governor DeWine made a statement yesterday. My goodness, you know, celebrities are tweeting. And um, in the White House, the communications person made a comment for Biden. On. I mean, this is all over the place. It's great. It's good that we're having this discussion. But let's keep having the discussion weeks from now after the headlines fade. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do that's where you'll see action. Yeah, I mean, there can be outrage over the shooting, you know, in Columbus because at the end of the day, you know, you look at the situation that's going on. We've had multiple shootings in the city over the last year. It was literally the same day, a half hour before the George Floyd uh, murder trial, uh, his, you know, his murder trial or uh, Derek Chauvin's murder trial of George Floyd. Uh, you know, the verdict was being read that, you know, Derek Chauvin murdered George Floyd. And it's it's very jarring when you when you take into the, all those accounts, and then also the fact that this was a 16 year old girl that was that was shot dead. So there can be outrage. I I certainly can understand why people would be outraged that a 16 year old girl is no longer alive because she was shot by a police officer. I can understand that, but we also have to understand too that from what the video shows. And like I said, we still have other, we still need to hear from everybody. There were people there witnessing this incident. We can hear from the person who was allegedly in this involved in this fight with the girl that's, you know, started this, you know, essentially started this call. And, you know, it, it may come out that this shooting was justified, but that doesn't mean people still can't be outraged that, you know, this, this girl was shot dead because it's, it's very jarring when a 16-year-old is shot by a police officer. And people should be, you know, asking questions. I'm not, yeah. you know, I think everybody should be asking questions. And, you know, it's up to, you know, the, the, the police to investigate and determine what the shooting was, what, what caused this shooting, what led to this incident. Well, and he, again, change the policies, demand to change the policy, and keep that push up even after the outrage of this dies down. And, and and that's where it gets tough, because right now, hey, I work down in Columbus. Believe me, we'll write about it if someone's, uh, you know, upset right now, because we're looking for stories, because that's a much talk about story. We want to tell that story. My hope is, and I'm not just calling out people involved in this shooting. What I'm saying is the anger if you want to change the policy, and I think change the policy might be a not a bad idea, just keep that discussion going. You know, you, Craig, you've never been news long enough where oftentimes we'll write something. People either get ticked, not necessarily us, but the situation. 
Right. After we stop writing about it, they're like, oh, well, you know, we'll wait till the next time it happens. Because if you wait till the next time it happens, it's going to happen. And I'm not pointing the finger at Columbus. Maybe it's Fremont next time. Maybe it's Canton, Akron, Cincinnati, one of the other cities. So it's that. Well, that's what we think. And again, we're trying to be careful here uh, because we don't know what's going on. I mean, we're kind of giving you an idea of what we know as of now. Yeah, we're still going to talk about it. Um, But again, it's still um, who knows what's going to happen. And, you know, we got to trust it's an independent uh, group that's investigating. Uh, the interim police chief of Columbus and Columbus mayor said, hey, we're going to abide by this. So if the independent investigation says, hey, they're wrong, and they might be wrong on how to handle it. Maybe they didn't follow the policy right. perfectly. Right. Well, and, and they're going to say, hey, the Columbus, okay, we'll abide by whatever you say. And I think that's how we have to look at too. But again, if you're upset, check that current policy and say, hey, maybe we need to make some changes. Yeah, honestly, from the talk of the Columbus Police Department yesterday, I think they're already talking that way. So hopefully it's not sure. just words in a press conference. It goes into action. All right. Well, thanks for checking out the Highlander. A little longer segment, but I, I think it's good because obviously it's a, a real big issue. So, all right. We'll be back soon with another segment. Thanks for checking us out.